Hi, and welcome to Your Little Sisters Productions Presents Missed Opportunities, the podcast where we talk about movies and TV shows and some other general things, but usually movies and TV shows. My name is Laura. I'm Taya. And tonight we are talking about the movie Last Holiday with Queen Latifah. It was a little difficult. We wanted to do a New Year's holiday-themed podcast for our first podcast in the new year and it was a little difficult for us to think of any off the top of our head except for the movie called new year's eve or new year's, which we weren't able both of us to watch but last holiday takes place over christmas and new year's eve so that's the movie we chose and i'm really happy because i really enjoyed this movie and I'm, i'd heard about it but i'd never seen it before oh you'd never seen it I'd never seen it before. I'd always, I'd heard about it. I heard it was fun and cute and good. I just never took the time to sit down and watch it. I don't know why, because I really enjoyed it. I think I'm going to watch it like every New Year's Eve now. I saw it before when it came out. I've, I've always liked Queen Latifah and LL Cool J. I mean, I've had a crush on him forever. So it was like a no brainer for me. <laughs> it was a super cute movie. Let's get into what we liked i can't think of anything that i didn't like in this movie oh i was just gonna say like it does kind of start slow because it's introducing her and her life is is very boring like it's supposed to you know so if you don't know the story um i'll go ahead and sum it up just what is her name queen latifah what's her character's name georgia Georgia. So Georgia works for a big department store and she does cooking um, to sell like pots and pans and that kind of stuff, kitchenware. And she has a crush on the guy that works in the grill department and that's played by LL Cool J. I don't know his name either. (laughs) Sean. That's his Um, name. Sean. Sean. So Georgia has a crush on Sean and um she like keeps buying grills from him and she's basically she makes meals for her neighbor's kid and just like a good person but has a pretty boring life and she's always trying to like lose weight and improve herself and and but doing it very like hush hush and she's very uh like wears like sweats and things that kind of hide her body and she's shy john and her are kind of flirting and he comes over to her kitchen and he's like about like he's like in the middle of asking her out and she kind of spazzes out and hits her head and gets knocked out and the big department store company has hospital on site like medical staff on site and they just got a brand new MRI machine is that the one that scans your brain I don't remember it was either MRI or cat scan I want to say MRI I think MRI sounds better, but I feel like I always get those two mixed up. So in the comments on any of our social media, let us know (laughs) if it's CAT scan or if it's MRI that scans your brain. And so she gets a brain scan and there's like a big tumor in her brain. And the doctor is like, you're going to die really soon from this tumor. We're like, we're really sorry. And so she quits her job you know she she has this really funny scene of quitting her job and she goes through her possibilities book which is basically like her wish book of things that she wanted to do but she didn't really do and it has pictures of Sean in it and them being married and it has pictures of this hotel in the Alps I want to say that she really wanted to visit she takes out her life savings and cashes in all of her bonds and everything and goes to this hotel 
and is just going to blow all of her money (laughs) and live, you know, like a queen for however long she has left. And there's a group of people there that are trying to, you know, do some dirty business deal with a senator. And they catch sight of this woman who's just dropping money left and right. And they mistake her for someone who's quote unquote importance. And so they start sucking up to her. So she's just having a good time. And then there's a guy who's there. That's the mean, the bad guy. Right. And he finds out that she is not who she says she is. And he kind of calls her out. And around that time, Sean is looking for her because he goes to the doctor and convinces the doctor to tell him what's going on and that she's dying. And so he figures, and he goes to her house and gets information about where she's at. And he flies out there to like, to spend however long she has left with her. And so it's like his trip trying to get there and everything keeps happening. That's, you know, wrong. And he can't get there on time and all this stuff. Then it all turns out that the brain scan machine, whether it's a CAT scan or an MRI, is broken and everybody looks like they have a tumor because there's a spot in the MRI or in the machine that just is like the light's broken there. She has befriended all of the hotel staff, like she just Pollyanna the whole place and everybody loves her and everybody's so happy. And then when they find out that she's dying, they're like all so sad and so depressed and just wanting to give her the world and everything like that. Then the bad guy, you know, gets his comeuppance and he goes out on the roof and is sitting out on the the ledge and um, Georgia goes up there to talk him down. And then Sean, that's when Sean finally gets there and he finally shows up and he's like, I'll spend five minutes or 50 years with you, however much you have left. The clerk comes and she's like you don't have a tumor you're going to live and and it just ends beautifully and happy and they all end up together and happier and the bad guy's a better person but not really and the girl that he was dating he was having an affair with she's a better person now and she's gonna you know I don't remember go to school or something that she was very excited to do and the chef that's there who had kind of lost his passion has like found his passion again and just all of the good stuff happens and it happens over New Year's and they get to celebrate New Year's all together. And it's it's just a really cute movie, but it does start slow. It starts, you know, like because her life is boring and then, you know, she gets all this news that she's going to die. So she takes all of her money and goes and blows it. And that's when it's exciting. Um, so and I do want to mention <laughs> the only other complaint I really have about this movie is in the beginning scenes, the lighting really bothers me. It's like reshoot lighting. I don't know if you know what that means, but it's like really harsh lighting for some reason. And I think that's the only thing that I have like to complain about <laughs> because it is a really cute movie and it ends really. Yeah, I like the way it ends. The The girl that ha- was having an affair with the villain of the movie or the antagonist of the movie, she goes to business school and then it specifies spa management school uh, which is funny because in the movie there's a spa at the hotel they're at and she's really really rude to one of the employees there and Queen Latifah's character goes over and helps smooth the situation over and basically calls her out on it and the spa staff are scared of the girl who was mean to them and grateful to Georgia Queen Latifah's character and so it's funny because the girl who was mean to them then goes and becomes better and starts managing a spa herself. 
Nice. And the doctor who originally diagnosed her with a tumor, he was a very nervous, anxious person. He quits and he becomes a monk. And the antagonist villain of the story, he his wife divorces him and he loses half his money to her. And then the SEC, which I forgot to look up what that is. I know it's some sort of committee that looks into the ethics of things. And I forgot to look up the full name. I tried to remember to do that before and I didn't. But they take the other half of his money. So he becomes broke and he goes and joins the doctor. I think it's in Tibet. And they both become monks together. <laughs> yeah. And then she and Sean get married while skydiving or bungee jumping. I can't, can't remember which one it was. Or maybe it was base jumping, which is something she did earlier in the movie as well. Which looks terrifying. So base jumping is you jump into a like, like the dam, was it? Mm-hmm. And then a parachute. So it's sort of like jumping out of an airplane, but not as high. Because right. you jump, you're free falling and then your parachute opens. Yeah. That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I think I would rather jump out of a plane just because even though it's higher... I feel like if you're on top of like is it the the guy that's like the guide of the base jumping is like yeah like people have died before what what's the big deal <laughs> and he's like you have to jump out and drop your shoot at the exact same time at the exact right time or the if you catch the wind it'll slam you into the dam and I was like Ugh. <laughs> like that's way scarier than just jumping out of a plane because there's nothing for you to slam into except for the ground. And as long as your parachute is working, you won't do that. <laughs> so I agree. I've, I've never in my life wanted to skydive or ju- I despise, despise with every fiber of my being the sensation of falling. I hate it. And so I've never wanted. But if someone said base jump or bungee jump or skydive, I do skydive. Because, like you said, the, yeah. the only thing that I can slam into is the ground. And there's a big distance there. So I at least <laughs> have time to not slam into anything. Yeah, so she she and Sean get married while doing something crazy, skydiving, base jumping, whatever. I'm trying to think. I feel like maybe I did have one or two complaints. I do feel, now that you mentioned it, the beginning did lag a little bit. I wa- had to watch this in parts because something was going on with my kids. And I had plans. So I had to watch the first half. And then half a day later, watch the second half. I think that's maybe why I didn't remember the lagging part till you mentioned it. But it did. I think they could have shortened the beginning, not even just the introduction to her life, but once she finds out or believes that she's dying after being told that she is, I think they could have sped it up just a little bit. The scene where she is talking to her supervisor or manager and she breaks mm-hmm. his phone, which she has to be one of the best employees ever because she straight up breaks his phone and he's just like, that's fine, whatever. Do you want a bonus? Or he doesn't care because she's one of the only ones moving products out of their store. I think that scene could have been a bit shorter. That scene was the one that lagged the most for me. I think the scene that lagged for me was when she's making food for the little boy and it entered like a lot happens because it introduces her possibilities book. It shows what type of person she is, how insecure she is and how she really does not take risks, but she wants to, but it takes like, I don't know. It's not a fast moving scene. Like I don't think the kid through no fault of his own is 
charismatic enough to carry that scene because Queen Latifah is purposefully not being charismatic because that's the point of her character at this point in the movie. And so that scene just kind of lulled. Like it, I was like, okay, we get it, you know? And it might be because this is the second time I've seen the movie. And so I was just like, eh. <laughs> come on, move it along. But the scene where she quits, that did lag because she is not assertive yet. And so she's trying to like make this big gesture of leaving and he gives her some vital information that the next quarter is not going to be uh, a good one because like sales are really bad and everything like that. And so he's worried and he, you know, needs her there. That's like why she can, uh, <laughs> she can break his phone and she doesn't just break his phone. She like smashes his phone with her shoe. <laughs> like, I very- like an audio book CD that he has. He starts playing this yeah. audio book for her and she g- gets up and just, breaks that in half and then in quarters and he offers her a couple different raises to keep her there so she has to be moving product like nobody's business for him to be going to that length after she's destroyed property that's how bad the next quarter is going to be but that is vital information that we do need later in the movie because the antagonist of the movie is the owner of the department store and he's the author of the audiobook that the guy's listening to Although I have to say, so the audiobook starts playing, and it's, I think it was seven steps to success or something like that. And he said something along the lines of step one, tell the, what was it, tell the idiot inside of you to sit down and shut up or beat the idiot out of you, something along those lines. And I thought that was really funny and actually good advice in some cases. Yeah. (laughs) Because you do have to tell the annoying voice inside us like sit down shut up stop telling me I can't do something or stop telling me I'm not good enough or whatnot so I actually thought that was really funny and I wanted to hear what the next steps were but then she got up and broke it I I was really interested to see what else he said (laughs) and see if any of it the rest of it could be applied to real life so the actor who plays the bad guy I don't know what his name is but he and I don't even know what the actor's name is but he plays in Leverage. If you've ever seen the show, the TV show Leverage, he is Nate. Oh and my gosh, he is! Because he is a good bad guy. The first time, the first movie I've, or TV show I ever saw him in was French Kiss. He's the bad guy in that. I mean, it's, it's a rom-com, so he's not like a bad guy. He's like the guy that dumped her that puts her on, you know, the crazy train. But like... so he's a bad guy in that (laughs) and then um and so I like always associated him as being a bad guy and then in Leverage he's like the good guy and I really love his character in Leverage because he's like the anti-hero he's not good at like he's supposed to be the good guy who's working with bad guys but he's actually a bad guy too (laughs) you know like because that's what Leverage is if you don't know Leverage is a bunch of like an insurance man him Nate Ford takes a bunch of like criminals and they all come together and help people using their criminal skills and so it's it and then like to see him in this movie where he's back to being a bad guy and I'm like I forget watching leverage that he's so good at being like hateable you know like he's good at being the guy that you hate he is a well-rounded actor yes he is he was a very good villain in this movie I really i I liked his acting because I really hated the character. 
And that's yes. how you know. And I never saw the actor. I only ever saw the character. Cragen or Cragen is his last name. Mm, because that's yeah. the name of the department store. And it's off his last name. And you really don't like him. He's a bit despicable. But you also see a bit of growth near the end. It's not a lot. He doesn't do a complete 180 turnaround. But it's enough that you feel happy at the end for everybody. He definitely gets his comeuppance. But he also doesn't just, like, fall off the face of the earth and, like, have some horrible... It's like, he goes and gonna be a monk for a while. And you know that's not gonna last. But, like, you know, like, he gets his comeuppance, which is good because he was a bad guy. But then he also turns life around and does something. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, it's, like, he's he's happy, too. He didn't, you know, it's not just, not just like, the bad guy in a Disney movie falling off a cliff or something. Exactly. And I liked that, even though he has a little bit of a turnaround at the end of the movie before the his wife taking his money and him becoming a monk when he's on the ledge and he's talking with Georgia you can tell that he's he is going through a bit of growth I like that even though that happened he still has consequences from his past choices and I think it goes to show that even if you were to do good things now the consequences that you're facing in life, both good and bad, because consequences can be good as well, they result from the choices you made previously. So right. someone said something along the lines of the life you're living now is a consequence of the choices you made six months ago. And I think that's really important to remember when making choices that are going to be life-altering, even if it's a smaller one, because you have to take into consideration how it's going to affect you in the future, which is why learning delayed gratification is so important. I, I'm lecturing again. Really, this is just a life lesson to me. I took a life lesson from him. And I like that the movie didn't shy away from, yes, he had a bit of a change of heart. He's going to be a bit of a better person. How much better? We don't know how long the monk thing will last or anything, but not as bad as he was before. But he still made bad choices and did things to mess up people's lives and did unethical things with money and business. And he has to face those consequences. The difference being this time around when he faces the consequences, as opposed to who he was before this time around, he's able to face them with a bit more grace and able to pivot and turn around in a more graceful manner than someone who would have been, than he would have if he stayed in the same mindset as before. Do bad things in the past or make choices that led to bad consequences. But if you change, you can at least change the way you react to those consequences and make better choices leading to better consequences in the future. Which was not, I don't think, the point or lesson in the movie. The lesson of the movie was to grab life by the throat and kind of go for it, just like Georgia does. But I think I learned more from him and his story arc than her. But maybe that's because her storyline is done a lot in other movies and TV shows. You know, right. the live life to the fullest storyline is really done a lot so there's a a tim mcgraw song live like you were dying that's basically the plot of this movie (laughs) is like finding out that you're gonna die and so you go and you do all of the things that you wanted to do when really you should just be doing the things that you wanted to do now and i mean i like i know it's cliche and it's been told but i do like that story and i think It can't be told enough because you can tell in so many different ways. And I think it's a good thing for every generation to learn and to understand, you know. So of all of the cliches, stories (laughs) that are out there, I don't think this one is that bad. 
like this telling of of that type of story you know of that basically that <laughs> tim mcgraw song this is my favorite i think of this storyline or lesson that i've seen queen latifah really is she just sparkles on screen especially once her character gains more confidence and is doing more things she really commands your attention on screen i haven't seen a queen latifah movie in a in a while i just haven't watched any recently with her aside from this one and i had forgotten just how much i enjoy watching her act i need to go look up some other movies with her in them so i can watch more because i really enjoyed it but one of my favorite scenes was the first time she goes to the restaurant in the hotel and she's asking about the specials and will they be the same tomorrow no they won't and he says two all of them which i'm assuming two means all in either french or whatever other europe languages they have there because sometimes they're speaking french but i swear sometimes i hear a different language czech or russian or something and she goes two baby two sweet because she orders all of the food with no substitutions and then it's mirrored once she has like all of the like the senator and the bad guy and all these people kind of fawning over her and she's commanding the respect of the room she makes them do the specials with no alternates um no substitutions and Mm -hmm. she just eats them and enjoys them and and I love that one because I love food. And so I would love to just go into a restaurant and be like, Get, bring me all of it. You know, <laughs> um, I love, I love that scene. And I love that idea of just enjoying food and just enjoying the arts <laughs> of food. So I don't know. Yeah. I really like this movie. I really like Queen Latifah. She's been doing a TV show called the equalizer that my dad likes. And so I watch episodes with him every now and then. I've always liked Queen Latifah. I remember mm-hmm. watching her on Living Single, which was a 90s TV show. <laughs> and I always liked me and my brother used to watch that show. And then like, yeah, I haven't seen her in movies in a long time. I think this was, um, yeah, a good reminder of just how much I like her. <laughs> and I like LL Cool J too. I He's on NCIS Los Angeles. They have but- an NCIS LA. They do, yes. And it, I know because it has LL Cool J, who I had a crush on because of his dimples. And then they had Chris O'Donnell, who I was in love with because he was Robin. And he was also D'Artagnan. So he was the love of my life for a little bit. And then <laughs> they're both on that show. And so I would watch it. I don't know. I can only handle crime TV shows for like that are serious like psych I can watch a bunch of times like we talked about last time but serious ones I have to kind of take a break from so I can't just binge watch those (laughs) but it has LL Cool J and it has Chris O'Donnell and it also has the really really tiny woman I don't know what the actress's name is but she was on Silverado (laughs) and so that's where I know her from but she looks like Edna Mode and I love her so she's on that show too so if you like NCIS crime shows, I recommend it for that reason. But LL Cool J, him and his dimples, for sure. <laughs> so I knew, as soon as he said Chris O'Donnell, I knew he was Robin and Batman. He was also D'Artagnan in Three Musketeers. Yes, he was. Holy, I need to, which version though? I was about to say I need to rewatch that, but then I remember there's about <laughs> 500 versions. 
There are. It's the it's like the nineties one. It has Keith Sutherland, it has Charlie Sheen, and it has Hold up, what? Oh my god. What's Charlie? that one guy? Yeah, he's like from the priest of the hot one. No, that who is that? Who am I thinking of? The guy from Two and a Half Men and Ferris Bueller's yes. Day Off? Yes. Back before he went crazy. Well, I understand that, but for some reason, I just cannot picture him in... The, I have to watch this version because I can kind of see Chris O'Donnell as D'Artagnan, especially after seeing his performance as Robin. I can see that. I don't know if I can picture... And then Kiefer Sutherland, of course, I can picture. I don't know if I can picture Charlie Sheen in the world of the Three Musketeers. I don't know why I'm so taken aback by that, but I am. It also has Tim Curry in it. Oh, I love Tim Curry. He's the bad guy. What is the cardinal? He's the cardinal. Yes, I believe so. It's been a long time since I've read the book, but I believe it is the cardinal. What's yes. the funny guy's name? Oh my gosh, it's going to bug me. Porthos. Whoever plays Porthos. D'Artagnan. Aramis. Aramis, thank you. Aramis. Yeah, so I, whoever plays Porthos, he's a very famous actor, and he is hilarious in that movie, and he has all, like, the one-liners, obviously, because he's Porthos. So, yeah, you I can't, you have to watch that movie. You would love that movie. Like, it's so good. I am going to look it up. I remember seeing, we should talk about this one in the future, the Three Musketeers version with Orlando Bloom. I saw that in theaters. But that's like a super stylized version of the like it yes. has it is a very, very loose adaptation of three months. Which is why you and I need to talk about it later because I remember I went with one, my good friend. We both loved Orlando Bloom from Lord of the Rings and Pirates of the Caribbean. We were so excited to see him in this movie. And we both walked out of the theater and we're just like, Oh, that that was a movie. That, that movie was a movie. That was not Orlando Bloom's best because, like, and it's not supposed to. He's not a main character. He's not even in the original storyline. He's just a made-up character that they brought in. You watch that movie for, like, is it is it Mila Jovovic is the woman? I think so, but I could be wrong. I, I, be wrong. I don't know. I haven't seen it since in the theater when my friend and I walked out and we just looked at each other <laughs> and I just I haven't seen it that's my memory of the movie the memory of the movie is the woman does something that should be impossible in the dress she is wearing and then walking oh. out of the theater <laughs> she memory. does a lot of things that are impossible no matter what you're wearing but the fact that she's doing it in like a huge Victorian dress is laughable but it was entertaining like all I remember is the the final fight and Orlando Bloom like with the blimp and just being like oh dear <laughs> like, I forgot that movie had to be so, it had to be so fun to make because it was just awful <laughs> but it looks like it was fun like it looks like the actors were having fun and like I don't know that, that movie's weird but the 90s version is so good it's like I've read Three Musketeers and it's not a great book I'll be honest <laughs> there's a lot of yeah in it and I and I skipped over a lot so I don't Feel like I've actually read the entire thing because there was a lot you have to skip over in that book but that version of Three Musketeers is probably my favorite one and well not probably there is no probably that is my favorite one it is really good there's tons of one-liners it's 90s cheesy and it has Chris O'Donnell as 
D'Artagnan just being the biggest punk in the world. And I was all for it when I was little, just so there for it. And then it has Tim Curry being like the creepiest creepy, like he does. <laughs> so I, I, that's our recommendation for this episode. <laughs> Definitely go watch Three Musketeers. I know it. Randomly, we got there from he's in a TV show <laughs> with a local J who happens to be in the movie that we're talking about. But whatever, we got there. The 90s, it, it's a Disney movie. Disney's Three Musketeers from the 90s, starring Chris O'Donnell, Keith Sutherland, Charlie Sheen, whoever plays Porthos. He's a very famous actor. I'm sorry. And then Tim Curry. I love it. I'm going to look it up after this just to see if i have access to it because i definitely want to watch oh i was gonna say something oh the three musketeers and here's the thing i have to preface this by i was a very weird child and my parents had this thing where we had tons of books growing up and i say tons i mean an entire wall floor to ceiling bookcases and that did not hold all our books okay we had tons of books in the house because my parents read my siblings and i all read we all grew up reading and I could take any book I wanted off it, the shelf and read it. And for the most part, my parents made sure that the books that we could take off were not going to be books that would be too mature for us, right? Three Musketeers was on our bookshelf. I took it off and read it when I was 10. Did I understand all of it? Heck no. But I do remember thinking D'Artagnan was a punk and not liking him because he was a punk. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I actually remember ranting to my dad one day. I'm like, he's in love with this one woman, and then he goes and he's in love with this other woman, and I think he's just stupid. And because I'm ten, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm ten. I don't remember what you're talking about. Skipping over to be fair, it's been almost nineteen <laughs> years since I have read it. <laughs> I might have to reread it again because I don't remember anything you're saying. The, my my biggest memory is complaining to my dad halfway through the book about it how can he my dad's just sitting there like yeah yeah read the book yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just finish it and move on to something else to rant to me about I'm, i think i might have to pick that up and reread it or just skim through it or something because i don't remember much of anything i'm surprised i remembered the names of the musketeers honestly yeah. I remember the names of the Musketeers because of the movie, not because of the book. I read the book because of the movie, and I just remember like having to skip a bunch of it and some some stuff. <laughs> but anyway, I recommend that movie. It's a good one. and might be on Disney Plus because it is a Disney movie. I don't know that okay. it is, though. So <laughs> that is my LL Cool J <laughs> connection to Chris O'Donnell. I really like this movie. <laughs> just getting us back on track. The actor that plays the senator. So there's a senator that is actually the senator of Georgia's state. And he is there. And he's like kind of a he's not a bad guy, but he's kind of like a pawn in the bad guy scheme. And she's trying to convince him to just be a better person and to take care of his constituents and the people that voted for him. And that actor is an actor that every time I see him on screen, I like cringe and it's good because he is 99% of the time plays a bad guy <laughs> he's in well he was in a tv show oh, now I can't remember it but he's in the star wars mandalorian he's mm -hmm. a bad guy in that he's a bad guy in a couple of different movies but every time I see him on screen I am just like oh I hate that guy which is so good <laughs> for 
like a bad guy character but if he ever plays anybody that is not evil i'm like i don't trust you one lick <laughs> you know like he could never be like the romantic lead or like the old wise good guy no he is evil and that is it <laughs> like that he has been typecast in my brain and i can't see it as anything else He's typecast in my husband's brain as well because Jonathan came in and he wa- was watching a good part of the movie with me. And I think it's Breaking Bad or is Better Call Saul a spinoff of Breaking Bad? I'm Better pretty Call sure. Saul yeah. is a spinoff of something. Anyway, but he's a villain apparently in one or both of those shows. The actor who plays this editor, just like you're saying, he play- makes a really good villain. Same thing. He came on screen and Jonathan's like, oh, that guy. Right? <laughs> like, I get that feeling. He's that guy. Like, he's in, and he's in a ton of shows. He's got a lot of work. Like, he has been on tons, tons of TV shows. He's been a guest star or a semi regular or a complete regular, but always the bad guy. And there was one show, and I don't remember the name of it now that I'm trying to talk about it, but it's like a dystopian TV show. And a lot of like the main characters die for like shock value or whatever. And he doesn't die. And it makes me so angry. Like, I'm like, why did you kill off all of these other characters? And then the one guy that I was like, I want him to die. He doesn't die. And like the whole, like the series was canceled after like one or two seasons and he was still alive. (laughs) I was like, how you killed like the little boy, you killed the brother, you killed the like, big guy and that guy lives like I was so angry (laughs) so he's basically what we've learned about him is he's really good at playing characters that frustrate us or make us angry or distrustful yes definitely I'm trying to remember when Jonathan came in but he came in after I we had already been introduced to this editor character and I knew a little bit about him and Jonathan just instantly was like oh he's playing the main bad guy isn't he he's like in this movie he's not the main bad guy but he is in cahoots with them so you're on the right track and while he's a pawn and while we don't necessarily like him all that much for not doing what is right by the voters the people who voted him in and doing making good on his campaign promises I don't know how much of a bad guy he's supposed to be in the movie because he's one of the ones kissing up to Georgia thinking that she's a bit wealthier he finds out that she goes to the church that he was supposed to go and have a meeting at and talk about his community plan to help the community get better and build up business and whatnot in it and he seems to genuinely like her I think he asks her out a couple times and she kind of just brushes it off. But I don't know. He was at the end. I don't know what happens to him. I don't remember. Do you remember? I think he he like starts doing good. I, I don't remember exactly. But I think he like goes to the church and does what he he like starts keeping his campaign promises, basically. OK, I just remember he kind of makes a couple passes at her and then. It kind of he kind of fades away into the background a bit more so that the main bad guy can have the time to have the breakdown and a bunch of other stuff happen. Georgia find out that she's not really dying and whatnot. Oh, and at the end, I forgot we forgot to mention Georgia, her dream has always been to open up a restaurant of her own because she loves to cook and she's pretty good at it. And so at the end, she and Sean end up opening a restaurant and a bunch of people come to the opening of it. I had one of my favorite yeah. 
dialogue interactions. <laughs> At the very end, she opened the restaurant and the doctor who misdiagnosed her came. And he spends the whole movie just being a little ball of anxiety. He's not cut out to be a doc- the kind of doctor or a doctor at all, just based on how nervous he was, the fact that he broke patient confidentiality, all that stuff. And he goes up to everybody and says that he quit his job as a doctor. And Georgia says, good, you never should have been in that job in the first place. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But it was good that he was because he changed her entire life and made her a lot of friends. And then the chef she becomes really good friends with the chef and he comes to the opening and they she gets to meet emerald who she watched on tv and really wanted to meet him and she finally gets to meet him yeah a lot of her dreams i think everything that we see in her book of possibilities comes true and then they change it from possibilities to is does she change it to reality or she changes like the name of the book of something else I feel like this is a really important part of the movie and I don't remember. It's like possibilities to plans or possibilities to realities or possibilities to, I don't, something important and really moving and I don't remember. I know. The problem is we were going to record last week, but with the holidays and family and everything, it was just a little too hectic to do so. So we gave ourselves a holiday off and now we're jumping back into it. And I watched it last week, anticipating last week. I probably should have rewatched it. <laughs> or like the highlights really well enough. Anyway, <laughs> if you watched The Last Holiday, let us know in our <laughs> in our uh, social media. You can tweet us at YLS underscore productions. And let us know what the end of that movie is. What the actor's name is. Uh, who plays Porthos and Nate and all of the stuff that we get wrong on the hair. Just, just let us know. (laughs) Yeah. And let us know what you think of Queen Latifah, what movie recommendations you have or TV show recommendations you have with her, because I am totally on a wanting to go on a Queen Latifah binge because I really, really enjoyed her. She, I'm so glad she was a main character because she really did just steal every scene she was in especially again once Georgia has more confidence but even when she was playing Georgia more more shy more reserved and everything you still wanted to watch her more than anybody else she just has that natural oh charisma that's the word about her I've always liked Queen Latifah I think she's a good I don't want to say she's a good role model for girls because when I was growing up I feel like she was I don't know anything about her now (laughs) I know she's on the equalizer and that's like pretty much it so as far as I know I think she's a really good role model because when I was little she was very sporty and she wore like really baggy clothes she was a rapper she was totally herself and then when she wanted to be more feminine she just did it and she wore you know uh beautiful gowns and dresses and and really embraced her femininity because she wanted to and I remember her being on the red carpet and they were like you look so great and she's like yeah I'm sucked in and I got my spanks on and you know like and just being totally real and I just respected her so much for that and she was always very body positive and I loved that her comedy and stuff like it was very body positive and like she's a bigger girl but 
it was never about her being a bigger girl. You know, it was, that wasn't part of her identity. She was just Queen Latifah. Like she was wonderful. So I don't know. Again, I haven't really followed her career for, you know, several years, but back then I, I really enjoyed seeing her on the red carpet or watching her do interviews or anything. And again, I, I knew her from living single and some other movies, but I, yeah, so let us know any other Queen Latifah movies. Um, I know she did a bunch of comedies, like, more recently than this movie. Still still probably pretty old because um, she's been doing Equalizer for a while. But let us know if you have any recommendations for us. But, I yeah, I really like her. I really liked what she stood for <laughs> for a really long time. Again, I don't know, you know, what she's doing now or, or anything like that. But. I will always like respect her for just being who she was and always I always wanted to be like just so cool with myself that (laughs) I could wear a big baggy t-shirt and baggy clothes or a beautiful sparkling dress like if that's what you wanted that's what you could do you know I loved that about her and I I love that she was that celebrity who was very real about everything and wasn't wasn't preachy or anything she just was who she just was who she was and I I really like that so I recommend this movie (laughs) a lot if you like the the storyline of live like you were dying and and it's just it's very even like especially like the sad parts where she finds out like she's gonna die like they make it funny and they really push the comedy in those moments so you're not thinking like this is one of those movies you know it's very different feel and I love the fact that she has decided that she's gonna say whatever she wants to say that's why she confronts the uh, mistress and that's why she confronts the senator and and everybody is because she's got this new gusto for life like she doesn't care because she's gonna die so she doesn't care what these people think about her so she's just gonna say what she wants to say and she ends up insulting all these people but at the same time being very respectful and being very understanding like even when she's talking to the mistress she's like you're you know you're doing something wrong but that doesn't mean you're a bad person it means you're making a bad decision and like and that's kind of how she talks to everybody and I think that that's so great that she's like brutally honest but at the same time she's still a kind person and she still has a kind heart and so even when she's like berating people for being for making bad decisions she doesn't ever come off as being like rude or inconsiderate of their feelings or telling them everything that they're doing wrong I remember there's um did you ever see the what's her name Rebel Wilson she did a spoof on comedy and my biggest complaint with that movie is at the end like she kind of gets walked on at work and at the end she comes back and she walks on everybody else and that's like the life lesson that she learned from her magical stint in a romance comedy and all that stuff, like was that she is, she has to assert herself, but she does it in such a like horribly rude, condescending, like mean way that you just lose all respect for her character. And there's a difference between being brutally honest to try and help someone and to kind of call them out on their crap and just being a horrible mean girl person you know what I mean like I'm not gonna say the word but you know you know what I'm saying (laughs) like being that 
super mean person to everybody and like bossing people around and yelling at people and throwing coffee in their face like that doesn't make you a respectable person like you can be honest and call people out on their crap and still be loving and kind and I like that I like this movie because it balances that really well the movie you're talking about is that the one where there's the billboard that the guy looks at and it's Priyanka Chopra and then in the dream role she goes to she's with Liam Hemsworth yes that's it Priyanka Chopra says Josh or whatever (laughs) okay I didn't remember that end part I I always remember from that movie the billboard and Priyanka Chopra saying Josh a lot or in a certain way I did not remember she did that at the end I'll have to rewatch that but I agree with you I did like how she called people out and I think that's also a really good lesson on how you can be a good friend and be a good person because I think to be a good friend or be a good person to those around you it is important if someone's doing something like having an affair with a married person for example to be able to call them out on it but not in a way that shames them to the point or you're coming from a point of mean judgment but hey you're doing something that is not morally okay or you're doing something that doesn't align with the values or who I know you are what's going on why are you making these decisions you can just make other decisions the girl who is having the affair she says you know I'm six years in on this career and I now I'm having the affair with the CEO if I no one at work none of the other women at work like me or talk to me or my friends he's the only one really if I go away from him I'll have to leave the company and then what am I gonna do I never finished school and Georgia says then you go to back to school and you finish done now let's figure out something hard like world hunger you know she just comes at it from a from an outside perspective which I think we all need because when we're in the middle of our problems they're really big to us and they can be big problems she wasn't a very big problem there's a lot tied into it, emotional and physical and mental And having someone with an outside perspective coming in is so helpful, especially when they're not coming in to judge you or put you down, but to to say, I know this isn't who you are as a person or this isn't who you want to be. So we need to figure out something else that you can do because this is not aligning with who I know you can be. And, but you can also do it with humor the way she did it, you know, let's solve something hard now, like world hunger. I thought that was really funny. But it also brings you back to while your problem is big and deserves attention, there are other problems that are more complicated and bigger and ways that you can look outside yourself. I'm reading a lot into this movie, but <laughs> but that's what we do. We, we get way too into the underlining themes that we find in movies, whether or not that's what they were going for. <laughs> that's I doubt that's what how we roll. <laughs> yeah, I doubt with that line. I think they just meant for it to be humorous or whatnot. But I think that's also another important thing is that when we're engulfed in problems, looking outside of ourselves can be a really big help. It can actually help us with the problems we have because we're able to separate or take ourselves out of the situation and then coming back in with a fresh perspective instead of constantly ruminating on the problem, which can make it worse because you might get more anxious the more you think about it or talk yourself out of solutions because you start to doubt that you 
you can do the thing that's going to make the solution stick or that you're brave enough to do it. Just like her, she had to be brave enough to end her affair with the married man who was the head of the company she worked for and quit the company and go back to school many years later and basically restart her life. Right. But she found that courage. And one of the reasons was for someone, one, calling her out on how she treated the spa employee and then two, sitting down and talking with her in a non-judgmental but also straightforward way. And that kind of reminded me a little bit of when I was in therapy. My therapist was a little bit like that. And that's exactly what I needed at the time and probably need always in my life. And so that's also probably why I'm reading a lot into that exchange. But I just am very passionate about the fact that a real friend, a true friend, is going to be someone who does that for you, who you're able to go to and they can say, well, that doesn't align with who I know with who I know you are, or I think you're making a mistake and here's why, but I'm going to stand by you and support you and still be here for you no matter what you do, unless it's, you know, they say, hey, come, you know, murder someone with me and you say no, and obviously that's off the table. But you know what I'm (laughs) saying? (laughs) Outside of things that are really, really bad, which most people don't do or consider doing or try to drag their best friend into we all need at least one person in our life who is like that and georgia became that person for so many people just because she was willing to put herself out there and be honest but be kind about it and lead by example i think one of the really good things about this movie and and we'll wrap it up but but one of the great things about this movie, not only is it just kind of a cozy watch, I don't, you don't have to be like, pay like super close attention, but if you do, it's got a lot of fun lessons like that of her. Basically, she's just a really kind person. And if you have like the fallback to being kind, then when you are assertive, then you, you know, it, it, that kindness isn't going to go away. And so I really, I don't know. I really enjoy this. I like, you know, even like Sean's journey through this movie because, you know, he has a crush on her too. And you can tell from the very beginning that he has a crush on her and he was literally asking her out (laughs) when, when she hit her head. And so, and he just, you, I love like his dimples, like show when the kid says like, Hey, you're the guy from the book. Jojo has a crush on you. And he shows him the book and it's like his face, like plastered on a little picture of a groom and her on the bride. And, and he just smiles all big and is just like not creeped out by the fact that she has a scrapbook with his face on it. Like at all. And then he goes to a foreign country, spends tons of money to get there just to be with her, this girl that he's never even been on a date with. And, uh, and he goes through all these obstacles and he find- he gets there like on the very last day and he almost misses her. If there wasn't for like a, she gets taught, she's like, one of my favorite lines from this movie convinces her to leave and she's almost leaving while he's coming but then there's like a a rock slide in the road and it closes the road so she has to go back and he has to like trek over the mountains and everything um but the line is you know she one of the oh what is she she's not like a bellhop but she's like one of those types of people 
um, is very like curt and she's got like this really strict swish, you know, accent and, and she is kind of abrupt and rude, but George is really nice to her and again, calls her out, but kind. And she snoops through George's things and finds a letter, um, like her last will and testament, her goodbye letter about like, you know, my disease has taken its course, whatever. So she knows she's dying and she's like, I'm so glad that you came, but if you're dying, why are you here with these awful people? Like, shouldn't you be around the ones that you love? And George is like, yeah, especially this one person. And she's talking about Sean and that's, those are the people that I should be around. At, you know, my last moments on earth, I want to be around my, the people that love me. So I'm going to go back. And I just, I love that because one of, you know, the thing that we're supposed to take from this movie and this story is live like you were dying. If you only had one day left, would you spend it with awful people that are sleeping around and, you know, using taxpayer money for vacations and, and, you know, bribe senators like do you want to be around those types of people or do you want to be around people who love you and even though she ends up staying with the horrible people (laughs) and helping them be better people um she does make the decision to go but then she can't so i i just think that that is a really good lesson to learn as well and that's a little bit more obvious of one in this movie is just to there are people you know like yes go on adventures yes um follow your dreams but also remember that the people that matter most are the people that love you and the people that um, you love and that you want to be around and want you to be around and the people that are actually going to mourn you when you're gone kind of a thing. I, I highly recommend this movie. Um, I think the biggest missed opportunity was just that uh, it was like, like I said, the lighting in the beginning was very harsh and it was kind of slow at the beginning. But I think the fact that, not everyone in the world has seen this movie is really just a missed opportunity for everyone i'm really glad that we weren't able to watch the new year's eve movie because that meant we were able to watch this movie instead because i really did enjoy it and as i said i'm going to make it i love holiday movies i'm a big sucker for this is the movie or movies i watch around this holiday time so this is going to be my new year's eve movie which i've never really had before because I don't know of many New Year's Eve movies out there. So along with correcting any mistakes we make in this and giving us Queen Latifah ideas, let us know if there's any New Year's Eve movies that we are completely missing out on or forgetting. And maybe we will cover them later on, maybe for the next New Year's Eve. Our recommendations are the movie The Last Holiday and the 90s movie of The Three Musketeers, which I'm going to go see if is on Disney Plus because I'm so curious about Charlie Sheen and the world of The Three Musketeers. <laughs> we might just have to do that for our next podcast just because now I really want to watch it and I really want to talk about it. So maybe we'll just plan on that being our next podcast. You know what? Let's do it. I'll, I'll see if I can find it. And if I can find it to watch, we will do that. Because when I think Charlie Sheen, the first image that comes in my head is him and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yep. <laughs> and I just, I can't get that in, that in the world of Three Musketeers. I know actors are supposed to be able to go into any environment or any role and change and whatnot, but I have only seen them in a few limited things. And so it's very hard for me <laughs> to see him as anything other than the guy in Ferris Bueller's Day Off and then a little bit in Two, two and a Half Men. I know yeah. nothing else. He is 
at his best in this movie, I would say, uh, mm-hmm. in my opinion. You can disagree with me. That's fine. But I <laughs> in in Three Musketeers, I think it's his best work. I think he is pretty unrecognizable. A lot of people probably don't know that that's him, but it is. And I, yeah, I just love that movie. So that's going to be our next one, just because I really want to watch it. (laughs) I will find it. I will do my best to see what streaming service I can gain access to. Did you hear about Netflix? They're slamming down on families sharing the same account in different locations or people sharing accounts in different locations. Yeah, I'm really curious as to what that's going to look like because, like, you you have to pay per profile. You have to pay per profile. You can have like one profile for like six ninety nine and two profiles for twelve ninety nine. You know, like whatever. But I, I'm I'm just curious to see what it's going to look. I don't have Netflix anymore, so <laughs> I don't know. Same. Um, I, I don't have, I technically don't have any streaming services, but um, I'm caretaking for my dad. So they have a lot of them. I think they have like all of them except for like HBO Max, which is of course like every movie that I like really want to see it's on HBO Max. And that's the one we don't have. <laughs> so <laughs> we're losing that it's one probably going to be on that one. <laughs> but anyway, uh, thank you guys so much for supporting us. You can find us um, if you would like to support us financially you can go to patreon.com slash Flakes and pick the podcast here that has our logo on it. It is $5 a month. You get extra episodes, lots of fun goodies, and email access to us for suggestions. And then you can also check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Your Little Sisters Productions. Or like we said before, you can tweet us at YLS underscore production. Our- there anymore no i think that's all the social medias (laughs) that's all the social medias though yeah so definitely comment on our facebook instagram or tweet us let us know what you think let us know all of your memories that you have with queen latifah ll cool j or apparently chris o'donnell who's not in this movie but (laughs) why not (laughs) (laughs) well we see you next week hopefully with the review of the 90s three musketeers because i am horribly curious now but signing off, this is Laura. And I'm Taya. Bye. Bye.